This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our latest Stitcher Premium episode of Sitting Down with Dr. Dan. We love having you as premium subscribers coming to listen to the show once a month, exclusive for you only. Remember to keep emailing your questions for me to podcast at drdanpeters.com. We read every single question and we might even answer yours on a future episode. We hope we do. I am Happy to be sitting down with our amazing audio engineer and dad, Phil Rossi. Hey, Phil. Happy holidays, Dr. Dan. It seems like we were just recording the November episode, and here we are in December, fast approaching the new year. I I don't know where the time went. It's flying. It's flying. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. So we have received questions for this month's premium episode via Instagram and email. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. All righty. The first question is a delicate one. It was submitted as a message on Instagram. How do you deal with grandparent advice that is interfering rather than helping? I've never heard of that happening before. (laughs) (laughs) What what is this concept? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so this is very common. So let's normalize this first, right? We have different generations um, lived in different times, raised by different types of parents, um, the world of parenting has changed dramatically over the last several decades. Um, parenting didn't become a verb, I don't think, until the 1970s. It was like it was it became a thing. A parent, you're yeah. parenting, yeah. and so okay. So first thing is this happens a lot, um, and it is a really delicate subject. And let's break it down with the different types of scenarios we can run into. So, for example. It can be a parent, it could be a grandparent that spends a lot of time with your kids. That's one scenario and is parenting a certain way. Um, it can be a grandparent that only sees uh, the kids on, on holidays um, and so not as much. And so then there's those sort of like um, those situations that are uncomfortable around family holidays or, or visits. And then there's also the situation that runs through both of these, which is... Um, advice you are getting about your parenting (laughs) uh, from your parent, which um, might not feel good or you might not agree with. So, so in, in, in these scenarios, ideally 
we're we're taking a step back and we're saying, okay, what is not working for me? Uh, so it's easy to be triggered. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we have yeah. to actually think about like, <laughs> is this actually very unhelpful advice? Is this really impacting my child? And or is this a trigger for me as um, as the child to my parent? And is the advice helpful um, and triggering to me? Or as it, it's like triggering and completely unhelpful? Because, you know, on our show, we're talking about awareness, Phil, all the time. Yeah. We have to take a step back and see, okay, is it helpful? Is it not helpful? Why is it triggering me? Um, sometimes it just might be really um discongruous with, with, with your values and beliefs. And other times again, it, it hits a, it hits a chord. So it's always best to talk directly to the source. I know that can be, uh, intimidating. It can, uh, increase conflict is to try to find a way to talk to your parent about your appreciation for their help and their advice and talk a little bit about your values, a little bit about why you are doing Um, what you're doing and trying to be transparent and honest. Because the other thing is a lot of times grandparents also aren't aware unless they're caretaking um, regularly, the day-to-day life of your child and those child's, that child's development and challenge. Um, so I'm more to say, but Phil, I, I'm, 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 you see you nodding your head a lot and what, what's come, what's yeah, going no, to you? I, th- yeah. I think that all, that all makes absolute sense. I think also it could go a long way to diffusing a potential conflict. If you also acknowledge your parents years of experience being your parent. And, and yeah. I think by acknowledging that they will, They'll feel heard and they won't think that you're just disagreeing with them because you're their kid and you're right. going to do what you want to do. So I think yeah. acknowledging those years of experience, showing on some level the appreciation that they're invested enough in their grandkids to offer that advice, I think can also diffuse some of that conflict. Because I think that's where some of the anxiety comes from right. with receiving this parenting advice or in particular advice that, as you said, is incongruous with perhaps what your sort of pillars of of parenting are, that anxiety of having that conversation devolve into conflict. Yeah. And that's that's enough to be a trigger right there. Oh, it is. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, the continuum of parents that are really involved and, and maybe sometimes feel over-involved. And then there's also the situations where um, your parents are doing to your kids or, and suggesting they, you do to your kids things that did not work for you at all. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, you know, you just need to get tough with him or her. You just need to punish them. They just need to buck up. You need to stop always saving them. You know, how are they going to make it in the world if you keep blah, 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 blah. So there's some things that certainly are just not going to work at all. And there might be really tough conversations. You know, we don't want extra conflict with our parents if we can avoid it. But there might be some tough conversations of which is like, hey, this is why we're doing it this way. And and you have to decide if you're really going to take on your parent from your own experience, if you really want to go there, if you feel you need to go there versus say, no, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way. Now. The next level, if there is a breakdown or you're not getting anywhere or you 
child is get older and becoming more and more aware is trying in an age appropriate way to tell your child, you know, well, Nana and grandpa, um, they just do it differently than we do. And you're, you're, you might have to try to explain their behavior right. because sometimes there's a real mismatch um, and the child is really confused by the different messages. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think too, you, you talk about that one example and then on the flip side of that example is you're disciplining your child in the moment maybe they've been disrespectful or, or something mm -hmm. else and you're sending one message and then either your parent is the grandparent is saying to the child, Oh no, don't worry about it. That's okay. Right. Or they're saying that directly to you as a parent and then challenging yeah. your authority in front of right. your kids. But it's all part of that same big, bigger picture. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I think we've said it here before on the show and I think, this is you know, a perfect example of in these moments, no matter how hard it is, you have to challenge yourself to respond rather than react what is, yes. to what is happening. Yes, well said. Uh, we'll say it again. Respond rather than react. And with response usually comes taking some deep breaths, taking a step back, not just stepping into it in the moment if you can help it. Um, and we also, I think the other word to bring into this conversation is boundaries. This is really yeah. about setting appropriate boundaries for yourself and your family. If you have a parent, which is not really respecting those boundaries. And again, benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they just don't know. They're just trying right. to be helpful. Um, so these conversations are really important and preferably not in front of your child. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I think Dr. Dan, both you and I recognize that what we are offering at a, as advice here, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. It's probably never going to be easy, but these difficult conversations often give you the, the biggest benefit, the biggest reward. So yeah. stick yeah. with it. Yeah. You'll get through it. And uh, you just keep adjusting. And guess what? Holidays are coming. So you're going to have ample time to practice some of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> that is the truth. Okay. We're going to change gears a little bit. And here is a, uh, a subject that unfortunately has not gone away. And in fact, in recent months is, is becoming quite uh, prevalent again. COVID is not going away anytime soon, and it's taking a toll on our kids. So here's a really, let me say that again, because that's not the question. So COVID it's not going away anytime soon. And it's clear it continues to take a toll on our kids. We had a very important question on this subject come through email from concerned mom. That's in quotes. <laughs> With more school closings again and more disappointment, I'm afraid my high school daughter is having more than just the pandemic anxiety, depression, disappointment I saw before. What are real signs I should look for and what are some next steps? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this is our new normal and it seems like it's going to be our new normal for a while. Uh, to set this in time context, uh, as of this recording, 
Uh, Delta is now an old normal wor- word right. part of our our, our uh, vocabulary and our newest word as of really uh, maybe a week ago, maybe 10 days ago is Omicron. And so yes. who knows what Omicron is going to turn into. Um but that's a new word. So this is this continues to go. We know viruses, their job is to mutate. Um, we are hoping this continues to mutate towards uh, the flu. Uh, and uh, we have a ways to go. So mental health issues for children and teens continue to be on the rise. Um, it was too high before COVID. It is in some cases doubled um, with depression and anxiety um, in the past two years. And so we are trying to figure out case by case, person by person, what's a situational depression or anxiety related to COVID, related to isolation, related to lack of activities, lack of connection. And what is a situation where the where the situational anxiety, depression, distress has 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 sort of moved into um, a more regular part of of one's experience. And mm-hmm. so a few things about that. One is whether it's situational or not, it's still distress, right? We, I mean, like when we say situation, we're trying to figure out, is this something that's going to go away when the situation goes away? The problem is the situation in many cases is not going away. And in some cases... You know, we get to go to school, now we're not going to school. We get to go to our activities, now we don't get to go to our activities. So I would say we need to take our kids struggling seriously, as concerned mom clearly is. Um, And here are the things to look for. Um, Do we have someone who mood is lower than usual for longer periods of time? Do we have someone who's anxious and worried and doesn't want to go out, doesn't want to see people? And there's a a significant difference than this person's normal um, inclination towards people. Is this person having more stomach aches, having more headaches, having trouble sleeping, having appetite issues, either under eating or eating far more than they usually do? So often that can be a comfort um, situation for soothing when someone's feeling depressed. Um, are people saying, are they you saying, I, I don't feel good, I feel bad, um, I don't want to live. I don't see the point of, of, of life. This is never going to end. Why should I keep going on? Now, you know, there are more and more extreme things that pe- that kids are saying. Right. Yeah. I think in these situations, again, whether it's situational or whether it is moving into something that is more constant, which is happening for so many, it really is helpful to find an outside resource. Um, school counseling, I know, is impacted. You want to see what your school can offer. Um, there, you look to your community um, for local licensed counselors, therapists, uh, licensed clinical social workers, psychologists, and now, especially with COVID, there is a number of online um, therapy apps. Um, you know, we talk about one on the show. Talkspace is one of them, right. yep. um, where there, there's there's more and more accessibility in modalities that teens are accustomed to through screens, which sometimes Mm -hmm. actually helps them drop their guard and talk about what's, uh, what's going on with them. So I would say those are the symptoms, but if you guys are seeing any of this in your kids and you can get 
some other help outside yourself, strongly, strongly, strongly encourage it. That's great advice. Because I think we need to consider COVID, right? You can take COVID and swap it out with some other stress-inducing variable, right? COVID will hopefully go away or we will become accustomed to it. We'll have the right tools to, to minimize the, the physical impact, but there will be other stressors in your child's life. And that's where watching for these signs and seeking out the support of experts and having them develop these coping mechanisms is going to be invaluable just in their whole life journey where yes. they are, we always come back to the awareness pillar of this show, but it is having those tools within you, knowing that this is, this is part of, I can manage the self part of this. I can't mm -hmm. manage these external factors. I can manage the self part. And as you said, Dr. Dan, there are so many fantastic resources out there to even coach and guide you as a parent because valuable work happens in the therapy office. Valuable work happens in the school counselor's office, uh, but also valuable work, ongoing work happens at home and that can't be discredited too. So rather than feel, rather than feel overwhelmed by that concept, feel that empowered that you can also have an impact on this and there are resources to, to help you be part of that team. You know, the parent is definitely that integral part of, the, part of that whole. Absolutely. And um, to highlight something you said there, which is really important, is um, counseling is the opportunity to teach coping for all of life's adversities. Mm -hmm. And that's how we build resilience. And it's through these most difficult circumstances and when we are struggling the most that we have the greatest opportunity to grow. Our defenses yes. are down. We're feeling vulnerable. And so if you can present these situations to your kids as opportunities, this is an opportunity to grow, to learn, and to feel better. I added the feel better because you have to hit the 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 thing that the child will actually resonate yeah. with. They don't yes. maybe not want they don't want to grow. No. They don't want to become resilient, <laughs> but they might want to feel better. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then just to touch on that too, the adolescent, the child, whatever stage of development they're at, they might not be able to even see past, you know, okay, I might feel better about this, but what if X, Y, or Z happens again? Then I always default to the, well, you knew that you got through this challenge and you felt better. And you'll make it through the next challenge and you'll feel better. Just remember that you do get through it. You do feel better too. So I think that's yeah. something important to, to remember too for, for parents mm -hmm. and, and their kids. But yeah. you will get through it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to, I know we got to move on, but there's actually, and what to look for, Concerned Moms got me thinking. I just want to add a few more things to the list that we're seeing a lot um, at our center. And that is trouble with lack of motivation, trouble concentrating, distractibility, um, and then of course that lethargy and low energy. So those yep. are, those are to add to the previous list. And then just to ask if, if, if you're seeing this as, as well, uh, I've just read in some places to changes in personality, changes mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. appearance, drastic 
style changes, changes in friends group and things like that. I, mm-hmm. I believe all to be also signs to be on the lookout for. Yeah, they can be. I mean, it could be mm-hmm. identity seeking, right? Just like yeah. uh, this, yeah. uh, this thing isn't working for me and I'm going to try this on. However, it can be also a sign of uh, struggle with the change. Great. Okay. Moving on to question number three, also submitted via email. What is the best way to deal with my middle school son not being invited to social activities where I know the parents and he used to be close to the kid, but now they don't really hang out? He feels left out. I feel angry if it's a large group with mutual friends because I feel they, the parents, should make sure my son is included. Help! Exclamation point. Gosh, another really good and really delicate and really difficult situation. I think most of us would agree um, from our own middle school experiences and also those of us who have parented middle schoolers. Man, those can be the toughest years. Um, That's these transition years. It's like you go from elementary school where you have your friend group and you know, usually know all the parents. And then not in some cases, you go to this larger middle school that feeds with other elementary schools, and so many dynamics start to occur. Um, so many dynamics start to occur. And then when you have a child that's left out or and being isolated, it's really, really tough. And when you're friends with the parents, it is tough to know what to do. Um, and we can go a number of different ways with this. Um, Sometimes, and I know this through lots of uh, different experiences um, and others' experiences, sometimes the best thing you can do is talk to other parents. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is talk to other parents because you don't know how what the parents are going to do with it um, and what the other kids will know or not know about it. So I've seen it. So I guess I'm saying this is, this is really a judgment call. If you have a close friend in the friend group, you could have a confidential conversation with them to say, hey, can I just talk to you about something? And really, it's you're coming as a place of concern and wanting and curiosity to see if you can understand what might be going on, as opposed to coming in and saying, hey, why why didn't you invite my kid or why aren't they inviting my kid? Like that approach can be really off-putting because there's often a lot of social dynamics at play that you might not be aware of. So our kids, I, we've been on both sides. And it's just really interesting to be on, like it's terrible to be on the side when your child is being excluded. It's also really interested when your child who has been excluded is giving you all the reasons they're going to exclude someone else in the friend group. And sometimes those reasons are really legitimate because those that other person has been really mean. <laughs> Right. So, um, right. and I'm not saying the person who's asking the question, your, your child isn't at any fault. I'm saying it's really complex. And if you can find a way to gather information with someone you trust, then you can try to figure out how to handle the situation. Um, do you have private conversations? Do you learn more about your child? Do you, are you able to get some information that could benefit your child? Um, you know, something that you learn that maybe your child... Um, is not aware of. Um, but it's really hard. And I can tell you, it doesn't get easier um, in terms of getting involved and not getting involved, with the exception of the older your kids get, you generally, unless they're in a safety information, 
you have to do your best to let it play out and find other avenues of support for your kids if they are being ostracized, bullied, and left out of situations. But it's so tough. Yeah, that's that's hard. And it's hard, it's hard to be able to disentangle the emotions as a parent that you're feeling seeing your child left out and then you know, approach it logically, non-emotionally, because there's, I mean, there's few things more difficult, right, than seeing your kid mm-hmm. with hurt feelings, yeah, you know, being left out of of their, you know, their former friend yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah. I have a quick story to tell that I sometimes tell as uh, as hopefully one of inspiration uh, that involved uh, my mom and my brother. So I have a younger brother, and. Um, my bro- so I was I believe I was probably a junior in high school and he was an eighth grader at the time and it was towards the end of those years in the spring and uh, it was this the, the the high school carnival and um, a really fun time so I knew that my mom was going to drop off my brother and at some point I was going to drive him home when the whole thing ended and so what I later found so what I didn't early on my brother came in and said hey can we go home. I'm like, what? It's like, it's been, no, it's been an hour. Like, no, can't go. And then he came up to me again. Hey, could we, could you take me home? I'm like, no, you know, we're going to go later. I had no idea what was going on. Um, Turns out my mom drops him off in the big, huge high school parking lot that he didn't know very well. And she's driving away and she sees the four friends that he was meeting, which were his friends at the time, all ditch him and run away. And he's left in the parking lot all by himself at this huge fair. Now, my mom is a very involved mom, um, very caring mom, very nurturing mom. And I, I, the, the other reason I tell the story and I tell her, like, she did the hardest and it turned it out the best thing to do. She said she knew she needed to keep driving because it would almost be worse if she went back and got involved. She did keep driving. And I didn't know this. And uh, so my intervention, which was uh, seemingly very self-absorbed and centered at the time, turned out to be unintentionally helpful as well. In that time, he ended up hanging out with new guys who are still his friends today. Yeah. And through that pain and that struggle, he was fortunate. He had to dig deep and make new friends that stuck. And I know with our kids, we've been through situations like that as well. It is so hard in the interim, in the transition. Um, You want to be there for them. They don't really want you to at times. Um, They're not feeling good. So it's like, it's a struggle. But also this this story is more like, we also have to look outside of that current situation to see what can come out of this. And is this a sign that maybe we need some other avenues as well? Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a great story. I can't, I, I mean, I can imagine how your mother must've felt yeah. driving away. Oh, it, yeah. it breaks, it breaks my heart a little bit. I gotta be honest. Yeah. But, I, f- I feel it too. Every time I tell that story. But I think, and I think you also touch on an important aspect of, of this as well, which certainly directly relates to this question. And it's something that I have to frequently remind myself of we we can't uh and and nor should we feel responsible for always protecting our children 
from pain or somehow taking that pain for them. Because sadly, that of course is is part of life and and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to experience that. And we're not always going to be able to come come to the rescue, even though every instinct inside us always screams, come to the rescue. Sometimes it's it's okay and it's gonna be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well doesn't said. make it any easier. It, it does not <laughs> at all. Well, Dr. Dan, we've got just a couple minutes left uh, here, but I I did want to slide in this uh, this last question, and this is from our producer, Laura. Hello, Laura. <laughs> Hello, Laura. Can you just give us a few names, a few sources where where you go to for your parenting advice? Huh. Oh, that's a Laura, that's a good <laughs> question. Um, I'm going to tackle that this way because I I have to think about names and sources um, in a second. I have two. I have two. Um, I have two sources, but I don't know if I'll name names. Um, I, my what my one of my primary sources is my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we team regularly regularly with our uh three children and have always had to team and um we are united in values and yet we always often have different ideas and rely on each other for feedback on how to handle different situations for different kids and and who runs point for these certain conversations with each child based on our current relationship with the child at that time and the content area. Right. So I'd say yes. like, I feel very fortunate to have a partner in parenting um, with her and uh, it's just invaluable. The, the other person is um, I have a therapist guide uh, coach Mm-hmm. has lots of different names that I see weekly. And she is invaluable to me on um, on my own growth, my parenting. And uh, I feel fortunate to have had her and another um, psychologist in my life who um, recently retired for years. Um, I started seeing him when I was going through a tough time in my late 20s. And uh, as I grew older and had kids and um he became a regular monthly check-in for me for yeah. years that yeah. i just loved seeing um steve love seeing steve so i'm a huge proponent of having a trusted guide um and trusted partners out yeah. there i would say like those are like the main things when i think of parenting other like other than that i am always f- looking for the latest in mindfulness uh, yeah. The latest in brain-based parenting, Dan Siegel, Tina Bryson. Yes, fantastic. You know, fantastic great, duo. great work, right? Yes. They do great work. Um, and um, I have this whole stack of books right next to me <laughs> that I... Um, but really, we'll post, we'll post uh, yeah. a picture on social media. Yeah, of the we'll, we'll pull, we'll pull yeah. a few. We'll pull yeah. some out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that, that's that's where I that's that's where I went with that one. Uh, I I like I like the spin on it, and I think that's. Uh, for our listeners, take a moment and really, really cons- consider how how Dr. Dan a- approached that question and your your best source for advice and ins- 
inspiration maybe sitting next to you on the couch as as you're listening to this premium episode. <laughs> well, that does it, Dr. Dan. That rough wraps up yet another premium episode. Why don't you take it home? All right. Another fun episode, uh, Phil. Always enjoy these. Absolutely. We so appreciate all of our premium listeners. Um, we appreciate your five-star reviews. We appreciate you being a part of the community and sharing this resource with others. Um, be sure to listen as you guys do to our monthly, or excuse me, our weekly shows, uh, Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. These premium shows are monthly, as you know. Uh, follow us at Parent Footprint Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. As always, 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 ask yourself that guiding question. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Mountain Spring High, composed and performed by Gabriel Lewis. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. If you are an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com forward slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.